Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning in to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never-before-told stories from the people of Detroit. You're listening to the Cat's Meow Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. On thank you everybody, welcome to the Cats Meow. My name is Sharon, and we have Deidre D. Essence Smith, and hey, hey. also, also amazing Danny Woods. Hey, hey! Thank you for coming on, Danny. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, we we to be honest with everybody, we have spent several hours in here already talking. So <laughs> we're gonna see what we have left to give you all. No, I'm just playing. No, I'm just playing. But you know, we're here today. Um, a lot going on in the world. Um, don't know what's going to happen when we leave because it seems like every time we take a break and then come back, like, you know, something else tumultuous has happened. Mm. Um, you know, Biden is in office. Kamala is in office. Hey, hey. And we talked about a couple of other things about why it's important to to pay attention to not only the presidents and the vice presidents, but also, you know, um, people running for office on different other levels. Local. That's right. Especially local. Yeah. Especially local. Local, mm-hmm. local state. All of that. So, we have an exciting show. What we want to do is we want to talk to Danny Woods. And for, you know, I think everybody knows who Danny is, but Danny is Corporal Danny Woods, excuse me. She is an LGBTQ <laughs> liaison for the Detroit Police Department working under Chief Craig. Shout out to Chief Craig. Thank you for being so supportive of the community and the initiatives that we wanted to do. And, yes. you know, I'm not going to talk about the conversations that we've had, but let's just say Chief Craig is on board and says, go for it. That's putting it very politely. And um, yeah, but in addition to that, we're also going to get into who is Danny and what does Danny want us to know. So I'm going to switch things over to Deidre because Deidre is looking at her phone very intensely. And she has a lot of questions. <laughs> She's studying that phone. I'm like, dang, what's over there? And I can't see that far because, you know, the I'm older nervous. I get. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Let's Don't go. Be, Don't it's going to be go. good questions. So, but Deidre, we're going to hand it over to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So I just want to um, ask you, Corporal Woods. Give us a little background, Danny. Danny. Okay, I'm just wondering where we going first. Give us a little background on who you are, what led you into your line of work. Ooh, who am I? Crazy thing, that is deep. Yeah, it is. That is deep. Who Mm -hmm. are you? Um, I learn something new about Danny every time I talk to her. Yes, me too. I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, I am... uh, Detroit, born and bred on my Detroit everyday. Okay. Hashtag. So clean. Okay. Shout out to Deidre on my Detroit everything. Um, Born and raised on the east side of Detroit. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful parents, loving parents. Um, But also, you know, there is a uh, flip side to that, as wonderful as they are. um, They were both functioning drug addicts. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and even in that function, uh, we never went without, they always made sure that, uh, I was taken care of. I'm the oldest of four and, (laughs) you know, we, we have that, uh, that, that we all got the same mama, different daddies (laughs) type thing going on, but, um, we all high yellow, so we didn't skip a beat. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm the oldest of four. So my sister and Desi, we, uh, my sister and I, we have, uh, two years between us. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I'm 12 years older than my brother is 16 years older than my sister. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I also have two sisters, um, on my dad's side and I am three years older than my one sister. And then, uh, 12 years older than uh, my other sisters. So mm-hmm. I'm the oldest on both sides, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like I say, born and raised in Detroit, went to several different schools. And, um, you know, my mother always saw to it that uh, my siblings and I had a good education. So I graduated from Dominican High School and Academy, hmm. which was the last all-girl school, Catholic high school and academy in Detroit. 
Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, that was the last one on Whittier McKinney, honey. Okay. Shout out to all my Ravens. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I did a Ted Crockett for my ninth and tenth grade year, but that's a whole nother segment in show. Um, but I graduated from Dominican, went on to Oakland University, graduated at the age of 16. Mm. I was out of there, you know, on the first thing, smoking, went to Oakland University uh, because I was tired of babysitting. Like, mm-hmm. in all honesty, I had the uh, dream of becoming a mortician. Mm-hmm. So I went to school for mortuary science. And um, that was short-lived because I had a little, we'll call it a bump in the road. Yeah. And I came back home. And um, <laughs> how I became to be where I am now, 20 years later with the Detroit Police Department, on a dare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On a dare. I signed up for, for, the, for the police department on a dare. Uh, my two uncles were in the police academy at the time, and I was doing my aunt's hair, which was their sister. And that's a talent that the Lord blessed me with doing hair. I've been doing hair since I was seven, getting paid for it since I was 12. Hmm. And that was always my go-to. Um, but I was doing my aunt's hair, and they came through the door, and these dudes are like, over six feet, mm-hmm. no neck, all muscle, can't put their arms down, and they just look like life beat the hell out of them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, and I'm just talking mess like I do. And they're like, oh, you can't do it. You can't do it. I bet you can't do it. So me, I'm like, hey, put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sparked it. And six months later, I was graduating from the police academy. Mm-hmm. And my uncles were at my graduation, and they just have, like, this big smile, and they clapping, and also laughing at me. And to me, I'm like, ha, ha, hell, run me my money, (laughs) because I won the bets, okay? And they're like, you are, like, certified crazy. And I'm like, why would you say that? But where's my money, though? Mm -hmm. Like, where's my money? Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, we was like, we bet you couldn't pass the agility test. The physical part. Mm-hmm. Not you couldn't pass the academy. Like, you went all the way in. I'm like, I thought that was the bet. <laughs> so, make sure if ever you are placing a bet, <laughs> you make sure you know all the parameters of which you are placing. Okay? Because that was just... Yeah, but here I am 20 years later. I've had the pleasure of working um, the housing support unit, which does not exist anymore. But... Uh, we patrolled all of the public housing within the city. Mm-hmm. So before we had Herman Gardens, the Jeffreys, the Brewsters, the mm-hmm. Diggs, like all of these. Uh, back then, of course, we would call them projects. Mm-hmm. Um, we patrolled that. And boy, oh boy, was I broken in very early. It taught me how to hunt, mm-hmm. you know, how to look for certain things. And I had some really great field training officers that helped to develop me into the police officer that I am. When that unit was disbanded, I went to number nine, which is ninth precinct on Gratian and Gunston, mm. East Side folks. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, remember, I'm born and bred on the East Side. Mm-hmm. So imagine getting a call to a house and you walk in like, hey, girl, yeah. <laughs> no, we here for you. <laughs> yeah, you got anything on you that's going to stick me, poke me, blow up when I touch it? Yeah, girl, we got to take you. Yeah, mm-hmm. they said you was acting a plum fool. Yeah, several witnesses. And you threw that brick, so we got to take you. But how your mama? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've never been um, anything other than what I am. I'm a very personable type. Uh, I, yeah, that's just I, my, I'm, I think I'm a people person. Your your relatability makes you such a great liaison. Oh, thank you. Between the force and the community. And I think had you not been raised and born in the environment that you were in. I don't know if you would be as relatable as you are. Um, I think the fact that you're able to go into different scenarios, sit on different councils, sit with different people of all walks of life, really reflects the type of person that you are. And I think because of who you are, more people are willing to work with you in law enforcement and bettering the relationship between law enforcement and those communities. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I, you know, was, like I said, I've 
always been raised around love. You know, even when we didn't have the most or the best, you know, because I've been in those situations. Hey, everybody get down. Here come the Mishkan, man. We got to go turn mm-hmm. this, you know, uh-oh, here come the cable guy. Everybody get down. You know, I've been in that with the, the heat being rigged. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything, you know, our, our upbringings are a testament of the people that we become mm-hmm. because you never forget those things. Mm-hmm. Even if you have to go through therapy or whatever it is you never forget mm-hmm. and you know I've seen things that no kids should see I've been in situations I mean literally sitting down in the living room watching American <clears throat> Gladiators mm-hmm. on a little black and white TV I'll never forget it and our house got raided mm-hmm. I'm talking about the police literally kicked our door in and I just looked to my right like what is going on here mm-hmm. You know, we I've I've been through those situations, you know, and I've learned a lot. And so even being a patrol officer, that helped to kind of uh catapult my policing, working vice and narcotics, working undercover for many years. Mm-hmm. That, you know, was an instrument in my policing and even knowing um just how to relate to people because Everybody has a story. Everybody has a past. And everybody's not doing things for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes things just are what they are. And it's about survival a lot of times mm-hmm. because I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> my mother's dream as a little girl to say, hey, I'm going to make the dope man my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's going to see to it that my kids. No, nobody plans that, mm-hmm. you know. But there there are circumstances, and I made a decision years ago that I will be the best at whatever I put my hands on. So even being a big sister at 12 mm-hmm. and having to raise my little brother, because my sister was overseas with her dad, mm-hmm. because we were at a very pivotal moment in our lives, I'm outside playing jump rope with my brother on my right hip and I'm turning rope with my left arm. Mm -hmm. I have a responsibility. Now this isn't my kid, but I'm responsible for this person. And so it just set a lot of things in order for me, you know, where I could have become a product of my environment. I could have been a teenage mom. I could have been turned out on some things cause it Mm -hmm. was there, Mm -hmm. but I believe that, uh, the Lord has covered me, yes. you know, from a very young age. I have, you know, very spiritual parents and even more spiritual grandparents. And I've been prayed over and prayed for. And, you know, it's led me to this. You know, I signed up on a dare years ago. And here I am 20 years later, yeah. you know, doing this work. And it's still shocking to me every day. And I and I, I you know I love I love that about you. I wanted I want to get into speaking of all the things that you are. Wait wait wait. All of your intersectionalities. Wait 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 wait. I got a question first. Yeah. Before we before we before we go into that, I want to kind of piggyback off of something that Danny said. Yeah. One, I want to say thank you for being so transparent. Yes. Because oftentimes we have leaders in the community, and you would swear that they grew up in the Huxable household, and they <laughs> never want to talk about. The things that got them to where they are. So I can't wait to read the Danny Woods book. I just oh, want to wow. say that. Oh, wow. Oh, Lord, you put that out there. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I met your mom, and the first time I ever met your mom, she said, I'm Danny's mother. I said, okay, well, how nice to meet you. <laughs> you know, and it was at the community conversation a few years ago that we had at Palmer Park when we got the, the okay. shirts with the... And so I hear you talk about your mother often. Mm-hmm. And I know your mother is extremely proud of you. You know, she, I've met her a few times and she loves her Danny and she's very proud. And <laughs> that's, does. that's what's up, you know? Yeah. And despite what happened with her and the drug abuse and things like that, you all have, I guess, figured out how to maintain a relationship Absolutely. and she's still supportive. How does she feel about that part of her life? Or I'm, I'm guessing she's okay with you talking about it because you do talk about it, but you know, how does she feel about that? So... It, it's really, uh, <laughs> it's crazy that you even asked that because uh, her and my papa, I was fortunate enough to have two dads in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So although her and my dad split after two years of marriage, um, she married my papa years later. But he's been in my life for, I mean, since I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And um, they recently uh, divorced maybe about, I think it was about three years ago, three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And we've had these conversations and she has really um, opened up so much more to me, you know, in my adulthood, of course, because I think she feels like, you know, now you would better, you know, understand. But I think that um, she has even had the opportunity for the smoke to clear mm-hmm. in her life. Um getting back reconnected with God because she never left him, but she wasn't as connected as she once was. And uh, her story is her story, but her story is part of my life as well. And so she's, she's even told me, you know, uh, sometimes when I hear your interviews or, you know, if you mention it, you know, it's kind of a soft spot. But it's still my truth, your truth, our truth. Because even my dad would tell me before he passed last year, he would say, Danny, we've been in the trenches. We've been in the trenches. And he would always say that we've been in the trenches. And I still like so many things from him are instilled in me because we had such a large family. My grandmother and, and grandpa, they had 14 kids. Wow. Okay, all boys, one girl. Oh, my God. One. Okay, what are the odds in that? All boys, one girl, one set of twins, one girl. And my dad was kind of a middle child. So he's getting bullied by his older siblings, but he has to keep watch over his younger siblings. My dad is a Cast Tech alum, for those who are Cast Tech graduates. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But he was on a softball team, and he was very good at um, architecture. Mm. And so he actually got a scholarship to play ball. No, he got a scholarship for architecture. But he was offered an opportunity to play in the minors. Mm -hmm. But he couldn't go because he had to help take care of the family. Because, you know, back in those days... It was about the family. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were only child, you might have got the opportunity to go. But we got responsibilities, and it's several kids under you. And so he was so <laughs> upset by that decision. He said, shit, I'm going to the Army because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm tired of babysitting. So he went to the Army. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, both of my parents and my mother tells me all the time, like, you just got a double dose because my parents were loving people, are loving people, very uh, compassionate, very accepting, non-judgmental, and so even when I came out to them, I didn't have the same experience that a lot of people have, because my parents were like, "Well, you know, if they love you, you know, then we're good. You know, I, I don't care as long as you are being loved and treated with respect and." You know, all of the, all of that. So to answer your question, my mother um, has learned to live in her truth. And she in no way, shape or form looks like what she's been through because she's a stallion. And she really she she really is. She really is. Even if she wasn't my mother, I'd be like, who mama is that? OK, <laughs> she she definitely doesn't look like what she's been through. Um but she's a living testimony that, you know, you can turn your life around. You don't have to become your circumstances. You know, you just, you keep pushing and, you know, you keep God first and you just, you do the work. You keep believing, you keep the faith and he will work it out all, all for your good. Yeah. I love it. I wanted yeah. to touch on up. going back to everything that you are and it's just add some more to the gumbo. Uh-oh. And I love it. I love it. Your intersectionalities of being black woman. Yeah. Lesbian. Yeah. Law enforcement. Yeah. There was some 
distension around creating change. Oh, yeah. I was set to uh, be the feature performance. <laughs> yeah. And I caught wind that you weren't going to be involved in the capacity that we all believed or mm -hmm. had hoped. Things sorted themselves out, of course. But I remember being in protest of uh, the exclusion of you for whatever reason. And I literally sat there with that check on my kitchen table like I ain't, I can't do this. I put oh out my a public God. statement and said I can't in good faith know how she served our community, the LGBTQIA community, and be a part of something that should highlight our works. And mm -hmm. yet still, it don't look like we getting there. So, put that public statement out. Things sorted themselves out. Hit the stage. And the first thing out of my mouth was, I'm going to dedicate this performance to Danny Wood. Oh, my God. Okay. It's on this. Oh, it's filmed. God. I need it's, to it's see filmed. it. It's oh filmed. Oh, my God. I, I I'm about this, to cry. I am about to cry. I said it to you. So, I got some booze out of the audience. Mm. And I understood the protests of the milita militarization of, uh, of policing of, of black and brown bodies and the unfair treatment. I said, how could I not? I'm a black woman mm -hmm. in Detroit. Mm-hmm. But I said, I'm here standing up for the woman that I know that wears that uniform. I have my reservations about the uniform. I have mm -hmm. my reservations about law enforcement. True mm -hmm. that. But you, I know you. Mm -hmm. I know what you've done. And the people in the community know what you've done. I've also been at the Ruth House with my youth and realized how ineffective or effective it was for law enforcement to affirm their identities. Yeah. The de-escalation of a situation at, at that house when I was running it was based on if the police just gave them the pronouns that they preferred. Mm -hmm. That could calm down any situation from self-harm to fight yeah. everything. Absolutely. And a lot of times we would not get that. Mm -hmm. So you need someone to stand in the gaps regardless of what your opinion is. Mm -hmm. And regardless about the history, we, we know the history. Absolutely. I know the history of law yeah. enforcement. Yeah. That's what I can't dig. You, I dig. Stacy, Cedric, mm -hmm. y'all been on the ground mm -hmm. with us. You, you guys, you guys, I know you guys. I can't speak for every officer. I can't speak for them. Right. But you all as individuals, I've seen you. I've worked alongside mm -hmm. Officer McLean. I have done that prior to him becoming an officer. Mm -hmm. I've seen you before I even knew who you were in all your fabulousness on the force. <laughs> I just felt like you were cool. And then, praise God, you were. So I stood there, and I dedicated my show, and I got the booze, because here I am, this artivist, Mm -hmm. Saying, oh yeah, okay, fuck the police, but let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's this here's this woman that when she takes her uniform off, she she's everything that humanity should be. And when she puts it on, she doesn't forget it. Amen. And tells the world about our humanity Amen. as a community. Absolutely. So I went ahead and did my set, and of course I got some applause after that. Okay. After the booze. But I say all that to say, the strength that's been instilled in you, I'm so glad that you never compromised that strength and integrity when it came to serving your community in every facet. And I, I admire that about you. I love that about you. And I can fuck with that. You know... You gonna make me cry on the air? Well, at least nobody's <laughs> filming it because even if it's an ugly cry, I can talk through it. Um, I I appreciate that, and I'm I'm humbled by that seriously because never in a million years had I felt discrimination like that. Mm -hmm. Here it is, this conference that's coming to. 
my city, mm-hmm. to our city. Mm-hmm. And we have put in the work. Okay, we have put in the work to create a uh an, a, an atmosphere and an environment where we don't have to agree, but we can at least hear each other out. There's mm-hmm. an opportunity for both of us, LGBTQ plus and law enforcement to come to the table. It's set and we all have a place at it. Okay. We're doing this and you're coming in saying, Hey, this is what we want to do. We doing that already. Mm-hmm. You're late to the party, but okay. And, and I sit down with these folks for a security meeting just to make sure they have everything they need and that they're squared away so that they can have a not only peaceful but productive conference. In the midst of that conversation, one of the organizers uh, asked me, will you be attending? And with all the pride in my heart and all the love, I said, absolutely, I will be here. I'm on the panel for what the L all things lesbian. I'm representing. Boy, did things take a turn. And I have never seen anything go so left so fast. And sitting there as a proud black woman, a proud black gay lesbian woman who happens to be a police officer be told you can't come because you're law enforcement I literally did not know what to do with that literally I did not know what to do with that and in that moment I went into almost a fight or flight mode. And so I had to hold my emotion back because I was broken. I could not believe it. I'm like, oh my God, all this work that we've done here, you're just going to come and slap everybody in the face who who has put in effort to actually create change. You are literally discriminating against me because I'm a cop, but I'm everything you represent in creating change. Mm-hmm. But because I'm a, I'm a cop, I'm a police officer, I can't come. And I felt like a child. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand. Somebody please tell me why. And I had to hold all that together. We had a few more moments of conversation. And we went back and forth about triggers and and you know police brutality and mm-hmm. you know and, and I understand all of that mm-hmm. but this is exactly why I'm where I am this is exactly why we need the this conference is in, in, imperative mm-hmm. this is exactly why we here in Detroit are not just doing the work we are the blueprint mm-hmm. We are Mm -hmm. the trailblazers for why all of this exists. Okay? Now, we didn't start it, but we progressive as fuck. Okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I can say Mm -hmm. that. Most progressive. If you got to bleep it, bleep it. But we are progressive. Okay? There are other large cities that call me Mm -hmm. and say, hey, how did you do that? Hey, Can you send us your policies? Mm. Because we have policy in place. Hey, how does this go? How do you? They're asking us for direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're calling our other city advocates and activists. How did y'all make this happen? Mm -hmm. We have a lesbian attorney general Mm -hmm. who I can call right now and say, "Hey, I'm gonna put you on speaker. Let's. Can you give a comment about this? Mm -hmm. Like right now." We have a supportive governor. We have people in place, and and not to mention our mayor, Mm -hmm. 
our chief. Mm-hmm. I mean, you cannot ask, pray, beg. You, you cannot get this kind of support. But you come to my city and you tell me I can't come. Mm-hmm. How did that turn out for everybody? Because mm-hmm. Danny had a conversation with us. Because we was all like, oh, hell no. Listen, Danny, listen. Danny said, y'all still got to do what y'all supposed to do. Yeah. We're like, yeah. fuck that. And yeah. Danny like, yeah. no, y'all still yeah. got to do yeah. what y'all supposed to yeah. do. Because yeah. it's like, how y'all going to do that? And, like what you're saying, like we we do the work. Y'all come yeah, to us, listen, but she's but y'all not showed up to for come. Me. Y'all showed up for me because I literally, I barely held it together. I walked away from that table. I didn't even make it to my car before the tears were running down my face. And I could not believe what just transpired. I could not believe it. And even in talking with them, my voice was beginning to tremble because mm-hmm. when I get upset, Mhm. 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 I'm so if we talked about this earlier, I'm so yeah. sensitive. Yeah. But there's a different sensitivity with Corporal Woods and Danny. Mhm. And I had to be brave in that moment and I had to stand for what was right in that moment. Then I told them this is a total total hypocrisy of mm-hmm. this whole event. Like this is this is a total opposite of what you all stand for to tell me I can't come. Mm-hmm. And I had some very um I can't remember the parting words that I had, mm-hmm. but it made a mark. Mm-hmm. But I held it together and just like your typical five or six year old, I had my hands tight, you mm-hmm. know, against my <laughs> my legs and I mm-hmm. you know, I stormed <laughs> off to my car because I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But I had to do that. To keep it together. Because the last thing I need for the, the hotel and the, and the valets and citizens to see is this police officer crying. Mm-hmm. But I got in my car and I couldn't hold it. I let it out. And I made a post right then. And I do not normally post my feelings mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on social media. But I made a post because I felt like I needed to let the community know what just transpired. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't looking for what happened. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to let y'all know, if y'all go to this conference and y'all wonder why I'm not there, mm-hmm. this is why. Because people would have been looking and for I tell, yeah. and, I tell, and I tell you the truth, um, behind the scenes, some support that I was, I was getting, like the, the, the uh, updates, uh, Miss Liliana. Yeah. Was it uh, Janice? Yeah. Ky. Yeah. Liliana stayed on me. She says, um, "She says, sis, we trying to we trying to work it out." I said, "They better." Jay Gold. Jay Gold started. Yeah. So, she said, I mean, "And you know, it is and it's, for me." And and it's just you know, when organizers have no idea, it is up to the community to reinforce what they know to be true. Yeah. Great appreciation, creating change. Thank you. Great. Yeah. Thank you for you considering me. But who would we have been as movers and shakers, activists, artists, creators, whatever you, whatever your title is in this community that keeps the, the engine going? Mm-hmm. Who would we have been if we would have remained silent and said, well, hell, that's, that's just her. That ain't on me. Listen. That ain't never been how we move. We're not supposed to move. That's what's kept us so strong. Detroit. Yeah, that's, De- not, how De- that's not how we Listen, move we, here. We 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 not supposed we to move like that. We different. Mm-hmm. On my Detroit, everything, baby. Hey, we don't move like that, baby. That's, that's why I said when I lived in Kansas City, I felt suffocated because uh-huh. although I did activism, I wasn't as involved as I am now, and mm-hmm. I think I had to leave here to appreciate. What we have here, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we didn't give a fuck. Everybody was like, "So we wake out in this motherfucker, or what?" And Danny was like, <laughs> "I mean, for real, because yeah. my fraternity had a, you know, a presentation, and then we were in the presentation, mm-hmm. and then it was something." Else. I was like, "Well, they can do that. I'm not doing yeah. this shit if because yeah. you're not gonna minimize what we do. You're not yeah. gonna come in our house." Yeah, absolutely. And minimize what we do and disrespect one of my damn sisters. Yeah. Like y'all got me fucked up. Yeah, and that goes back to fuck the title, fuck the names. Yeah. yeah. Fuck all of this, these pitches and shit. Yeah, You're going to yeah. respect her. Yeah. Danny said, "No, y'all still need to do what y'all need to yeah. do." Yeah. And we I mean, you know, like, and it's no, no for yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for, for 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 me, for me, like it was no no shame toward those that were keeping the obligations for no. them. For me personally, yeah, my convictions were oh, mm, yeah, like, 
<laughs> oh, I was literally like about to be out the door. I had I had I had to check sitting on the table for like a few days. Like I just didn't get around to it. And I was about to head out. Boom. I text you. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. What's this? Set it right down. It was a message, you know. Yeah. I think it was Miss I think it was Mr. Garcia. Put Andy. my put my public statement out there and, and respectfully, I can't do this. Message him like a brother. Like, you know, I everybody's hands may be tied, but my decisions aren't tied. I'd have to Yeah. You know, and I'm so glad that everything worked out. Yeah, but you know what? And even now thinking about it, I told you I'm so sensitive. I'm just because I'm reliving it. And I wasn't even home a good hour yet. I had already made the post and it had already begun to circulate. And when I got home, my wife was writing a a nasty gram (laughs) to them. Like, how dare you? How dare you? And I went and I I took a bath. I couldn't even relax. Mm. And if you know me, I'm the queen of Mm R&R. I couldn't even relax. I couldn't, no. And then I started getting the calls. What's going on? What happened? Why? 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 And I can't even tell the story because I'm that upset because I had to hold it together in that space. And now I'm, I'm at home. I'm in my safe space. And I had to let it fly. And I'm telling everybody what's going on. And they're like, uh-uh, nope, we on our way down there. And I'm like, no, listen, don't create no waves, promote your organization, whatever you're doing. Go ahead. No, no, we're not doing that. And so maybe, maybe 10 or 11 o'clock that night, very off-peak hours, I get a phone call. Mm-hmm. Can we meet in the morning? I'm busy. Mm-hmm. I don't have nothing to do, but I'm in my feelings. <laughs> no, I am busy. I am busy. No, we cannot meet. Can we meet in the afternoon? I suppose. I suppose we can meet. <laughs> I suppose. You know. Yes, Jaja. And so, okay, I suppose. You know, with the shoulder. Okay. Yeah. And my wife says, "You want me to go with you?" I said, "No, I'll be fine." I'll be fine. I'm just going to go and see what they have to say. Because then I started getting emails and calls from their admins. Mm. Like, okay, listen, this wasn't supposed to go like this. We had no idea. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So when I sit down with them, and this is just being very transparent, I'm sitting down with all the sisters. No, where's the white lady and the white guy that told me I couldn't come? Mm -hmm. They should be here too Mm -hmm. because they're the ones that told me I couldn't come. I wasn't welcome. Mm -hmm. So uh, Garcia, Mm -hmm. he came and he sat there and I said, who called this meeting? And he said, oh, well, you know, I asked a few people. I said, so you asked the black girls to call the black girl to talk to the black girl. About what the white folk did? Mm-hmm. No. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. That ain't how this go. I don't want to talk to them. We can break bread. We can kick it. Mm-hmm. But this here, this, this is a conversation between me and you. And then my wife showed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, I know you told me I couldn't come, but I was coming anyway because you're not going to be here by yourself. Right. And even in that moment, because she knows my work, but she rarely sees me in it. And she was like, babe, oh, my God, you you blew me away because I want to know why. Why? And he told me, he said, your uniform could be a trigger for people. I said, domestic violence is a trigger for people. But don't you hang a sign outside the door and say trigger conversation or whatever, whatever, whatever verbiage you use. You know, guns are a trigger for people. Certain conversations, certain movements, certain faces are a trigger for people. But you put that outside of whatever it is. It's your disclaimer to let them know, hey, 
This is what's going on in here. So you have the option whether or not to participate. You didn't do that for me. You flat told me I couldn't come. And so we had a conversation. They made it right. And I was fucking there. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry, we might have to bleep that. No, too. no it's, bleep, we get it. Bleep, bleep. Me. Like it's, <laughs> she was but fucking was, there, like she said. I she was, was there. fucking there. Yeah, and and and, and also and it Mimi, was great. Yeah, Mimi Gonzalez was like also behind you too. Yeah, the oh she was Mimi, oh I love. Yeah, Mimi. so she she came up to me. And she said, "Thank you," because I know Danny too, and she's a good a good person. I think I think in that moment, Danny did something, and I know it was hard. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I think that you symbolized something that needed to be stated. And I think that there were lessons, multiple lessons being taught, but one was the way that we are here reflected that because we weren't about to let you fall. They had to say something to you. They had to have that conversation with you or that whole thing was going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. And then it also talked about, so I always say uncomfortable conversations create change, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we know that there are issues with the police. What her job is is, to correct that, that's what we're doing. They had to sit with you and have a conversation with you and see right. the work that we're doing and how things are improving and, yeah. and hear that we understand why there's a problem. Yeah. And consider her. They couldn't And consider it. her whole person. Yeah. yeah. That's my thing. Consider because her it, whole person. It became You weren't just saying no to a, a uniform. You weren't just saying no to the color blue. We weren't just saying no to histories we don't agree yeah. with. We were saying no to a black, lesbian, heavily invested community stakeholder. They had to acknowledge it. Yeah. And then they had to. There was no choice. So I, I know it was painful, but I think that you broke down some barriers in that time. And I think that the support you received showed them some things in that time. They're yeah. going to have to restructure shit from now on. Absolutely. And I think it was because of you. So I think that it's was victorious. Because of I, I really do. It, I, I've never been with. I, when people put it on me, I'm so uncomfortable. I am. I'm like, no, it's us because we are literally in this together. As corny as that may sound. Okay, we're gonna put it like this then. Except the you, love. You, Except you, the love. Ruby Bridges. Except walking it. into school, we 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 are the civil rights movement. <laughs> I mean, real but talk. it took that baby. Real talk. Okay. Walking up. And- okay. <laughs> Okay. It took you the Brown versus it. the Board of Education. Okay. Took all these things. And, and you got to accept I do. it I because do. because even we were upset, but we weren't. Some of us may have been hurt, but we weren't hurt like you were hurt. So we supported you, but it was a different emotion. You the one, and and your name and your face was attached to that. So that was a different emotion. So that was you. We supported you. Don't let nobody nobody can slight you on that. You changed some shit that day. We just supported you in that change. But that's what we do here, and that's why we do what we do. That's right, because we, we get down. Okay. And at the end we of the day, gets down. at the end of the day, for the conference to live up to his name, I think that they know in their hearts that was the right thing to do, too. Absolutely. At they, if, Absolutely. If you, cannot, change, you cannot be creating change and not literally create, that create shit. change, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I understand, you know, I understand all of it, even like in our current climate with police brutality and police reform and defunding Mm -hmm. the police. Like, I understand all of that. Mm Because guess what? When I go home, Mm -hmm. that uniform comes off. That's right. If I got to make a store run, if I got to go to see about my family member, if, if, if I'm outside watering my grass, I'm not doing none of these things in uniform. Mm -hmm. I'm a black woman watering her grass. I'm a black woman at the market. And that doesn't even include my sexuality because you don't know my orientation. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know my roots. You don't know nothing about me. And my sister who lives in Chicago, uh, and she's an engineer, and when the protest began, she texted me and she said, oh, my God, Danny, how are you? Mm-hmm. Not what are you doing? Not are y'all this and how are you doing? And I told her, literally, and I can pull the text message. I said, I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm depleted. I'm anxious. 
I'm, I'm proud of my people for standing up. Like I'm all of these things, like all of these things, all these different adjectives that people can be, right? Because before anything, I'm a black woman. Before anything, I'm a black woman. Mm -hmm. Before anything, mm -hmm. I'm a black woman. I don't have any children, but I've raised quite a few. Mm -hmm. I have brothers, cousins, uncles, you know, family members that I am literally afraid for. Yeah. Because I don't know what their circumstance would be or the outcome if they just so happen to encounter. And before, it used to be a, a, a fear of uh, our black men. Mm -hmm. But it's our black women, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, our, it's, it's our, and not just black, people of color. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I'm a woman of God, so I try not to live in mm -hmm. fear. But the reality is, mm -hmm. this is what's happening. And I don't doubt or question God because I believe things being in a, in a definitive order. However, these are things that are going on and it is terrifying because you can't predict the outcome. I know a lot of times instances with police, you see an action and a result, but you never see how it got to where it is, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of times people make their judgment based on the, the action and the result. But it's really hard to not judge it when you see an abuse of power. Mm. When you see a disgrace to the badge, to the uniform. Ooh. Because before anything, we're supposed to protect and serve, period. Right. We are public servants, yes. period. Yes. But... If you get into a situation, and, and I'm going to use this, and this is not fact. Mm -hmm. This is just me creating a scenario. You have a suburban police officer, black or white. Mm -hmm. You have a suburban police officer that works in an in a, in a urban community that they have no knowledge of and don't understand the people. And they try to enforce whatever law had been broken by this person of color. This person of color is afraid. This suburban person is also afraid because they don't understand. Now you have two scared people in this moment. Neither knowing what to do, how to react, how to respond, what to say. What, to, what do you do? You had this person in the uniform. I can't back down now. You know? And and if it's a male, and you know, I could be criticized for saying this, but there's a certain testosterone, there's a machismo that comes with the uniform, that comes with the badge. I can't be no punk, right? And then you had this person. I've watched my people die. I've seen my people get killed. And so sometimes the reaction may be an overaggression. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it might be a fearful response. But whatever it is, this person doesn't understand it. Mm -hmm. What's to come of that? I want to ask you something. I'm scared. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's fine. So everybody knows that I have a four-year-old granddaughter. I yes. love her. Yes. And she and I had our time yesterday. And there was a comment that she made about the police mm -hmm. and so it puts me in a weird space because I, that she's four that shit came from somewhere yeah she's seen things but then i know police officers like you mm -hmm. and so i said to her i said well kalia you know not all police officers are bad i actually know some pretty good ones mm -hmm. and she just wasn't hearing and i said i'm gonna show you so i also was in a car one time with my nephew and i took him to this halloween thing and i got pulled over and Michael was probably about six or seven, and he was freaking out in the back seat. It was Wayne State Police, and he was like, "Are you gonna be okay?" Like he was, and this was a couple of years ago. This mm -hmm. was before all of the, the Floyd and Brianna, you know, and all of that stuff. But I remember that as I'm talking about this, 
And so these kids are going to be adults one day. Mm -hmm. These kids are part of society. These kids have to feel comfortable calling the police when there's assistance needed. But as I talk to kids, sometimes, unless they know them personally, especially with all that's going on on TV, there's a distrust. Danny, Mm -hmm. what do you say to the babies? So to the babies, oh, because in, in, in putting that in a space where they can understand it, I think that they would have to experience um, a police officer in a kind moment. Mm-hmm. So if it would take me putting my uniform on and talking to your niece just to even make an introduction and and let her know she can call me if something you know if there's an emergency I want to be here for you you know I I think that people don't see police as human beings right mm-hmm. they see them as this person in a uniform so a lot of times even being a field training officer I would tell my my trainees they're not mad at you they're mad at this don't take it personal. They're not mad at you. You have done nothing to them. This has. And and there is a, a psychological trauma that relates the uniform to the person and then to whoever it affects. And it's hard to um, even make that... Uh, to, to kind of write that wrong. So I think that it takes a personal experience for this kid to see. Because remember back in the day, you would have the blue pigs come to your school. Mm-hmm. They used to see the road at my McGruff, school. McGruff, right? Exactly. Okay. And police would come out and, hey. And then you had kids say, I want to be the police, right? Now it's like you you see the firefighters, you're happy for them. You see the police like, who told them to come? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's like, why are you here? So for the for the babies, I think that first, because <laughs> you know I'm a firm believer and everything starts at home, um, you have to communicate with your child that not all police are bad. Because very often I could be in a space where I could just run in the store real quick, the gas station. And a kid could be in there crying or acting up. And a parent will say, if you don't act right, I'm going to have the police arrest you. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. That instills fear. Mm-hmm. So now this kid begins to, to create in their mind, police will take me away from my family. Police will put me in jail if I don't be good. And... That's that's not the case. I think too with um black folks and our black children in general, when we say the police gonna get you, it evokes a familiar spirit, I think, yeah. of sundown towns and Yeah. It sounds like the book. The police of enslaved people and, yeah. and, and when you evoke that you you already tell our kids not only are you at a disadvantage because of the color of your skin, but also be aware of that and be paranoid of that because mm-hmm. these folks are going to get you because of that. And I think if I had a corporal Danny Woods come on the porch of the house that I was working at and my kids could hear, okay, what are your pronouns? Mm-hmm. And you said she and her or he, him, or them and they, mm-hmm. I could have saved a lot of time on incident reports yeah, and hospital visits of self-harm, all these things. Yeah. That's why it's so important to have somebody in the community and to have a, a woman of color, a black woman, be there to affirm to our kids when mom says, I'm going to have the police get you. You can come in and say, I'm going to have the police help you. Absolutely. There's... It's such a loaded topic, but we would not have been able to get this understanding and dialogue from anybody else outside of a black lesbian stakeholding 
officer <laughs> Go on and in run the community. It. Just, just, <laughs> this would not have come from anybody else. It could not have come from anybody else. This mo- nothing, nothing out of this moment could have come from anybody else. These are the moments that you were designed for and born for. These mm-hmm. moments right here. Okay. There's going to be such a level of understanding. And it's going to go beyond historically what we faced as black folk. It's going to go beyond what we feel right now as black folk. Mm-hmm. It's going to go so far beyond that. And we're going to have a deeper understanding of not only what it's like to be a black woman and a black lesbian woman on the force, but just to be a black woman existing with the parallels of helping the community and helping the community best un- understand all aspects of who you are. This whole thing has been about Danny, the whole person, the whole Human, and with that being said, I'm gonna pass it to Sharon to get his last yeah. question. Yeah, um, just wanted to ask you, like, what do you want us to know about Danny? Just anything, Danny, because I know you don't get to talk about you, it's always the job description. <laughs> yeah, um, dang, even they asking me that, and the crazy thing is, you told me that, and even <laughs> pondering over it, um, that I enjoy life. That I love what I do. Um, nothing about me is a facade. What you get behind closed doors is what you go get in an open street. You know, it 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 may uh, be tweaked a little bit, but the result is going to be the same. Um, I want people to know that not just Danny. But police officers are human. We're not perfect. We're trained, but we're not perfect. And this does not excuse nor negate any uh, uh, incidents incidences that have occurred. Um, but know that we are human. You know, if I trip and fall, I'm gonna have a nugget on my forehead just like you. If I cut my finger, I'm going to bleed just like you. I have debt. I have bills. I have arguments with my wife. You know, uh, everything. I go through stuff. We go through stuff. You know, and having that weight of the, the public perception of being who society says you should be and trying to be who you are is a lot. It's a lot. And and I always relate it to, and although it may seem very juvenile, think about when President Obama was running for president and how youthful and jovial and, and just his skin was glowing. His hair was black. When he left, his hair was white and he looked tired, still very handsome. But he looked like he had worked a 20-hour job at the plant. He looked like that. You could see it. But he still did it with grace and, and compassion and sensitivity and, and intelligently. Like all of these things that makes him the great man that he is. He did it. He pushed through. And when people came at him and people come at me, everything is not always great. I deal with a whole lot of uh, naysayers and people that are just not convinced that a police officer cares, that a police officer is is uh, wanting to hear exactly what you have to say, that they are working for you. They don't want to hear that because all they know is negative. And I can't be mad at that because that's the that's the per, uh, the narrative that's being pushed. But when you put forth the effort. To meet somebody halfway, right? In the Bible, don't it say you got a problem with somebody? You go to that person, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. You got a problem with me? Come talk to me. Mm-hmm. Cause guess what? If you got the problem, only me and you can fix it. You could tell her about it, That's right. but ain't nothing she can do. That's right. Mm-hmm. Me and you can fix this, but you have to be able to, first of all, come to the table. You have to set your personal over here. And you have to be able to put in the work. And I think that's where we get lost. 
because there is effort in work. And a lot of people just want you to give it to them. It don't work like that. Mm-hmm. So you want to know about Danny. Danny is about work. Danny is about results. Danny is about proactiveness. Danny can also cook. <laughs> Danny also loves to do hair. She loves music. <laughs> Danny loves to laugh. She's the life of the party and she's funny as hell. <laughs> That's what's up. So there we go. Thank you, Danny, for you um, so coming much. and you know being very open. I know you shared a lot of things today, and I and I hope that people listen and and share and spread the word and and call and ask questions and come Absolutely. to the community chats and and contact you and and get involved. Um, it's a lot of great things coming. I'm excited about it. I look forward to it. And you know, it can't just be the same people doing the same thing all the time. Absolutely, we need everybody to be involved. As much as I love working with both of y'all. Yeah, because we need here now. We here now. We need to pass the torch. Absolutely. Okay, I got 20 years of DPD. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the Catch Me Out. Danny, we got to have you on again. Yes, yes. We got to have you on again. And y'all stay tuned and check us out. Have a great day. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.